Okay, Masechet Pesachim, page 102. Uh, we are in the middle of a discussion about moving uh, from one spot to another. Let's say you started having some uh, a piece of cake in one room, and then you decide you're going to have a second piece of cake in it next door. Uh, do you have to say another beracha or not? Uh, there's three opinions altogether. Uh, the most lenient is the Biochanan on the previous page. And he said, When you move places, you do not need to say a new blessing, no matter what. It doesn't matter, matter what the food is. However, there was a Braita that said, that when it was contradicted him. And so therefore, we said, we rejected. With the Tea of Tav, we rejected the opinion of Rabbi Ochanan. Okay, he's going to make an attempted revival today. So that's why I'm bringing him up. So remember Rabbi Ochanan. And then the most lenient opinion was uh, that of Rav Sheshat, who on uh, the uh, pre- previous staff said, whether it doesn't matter what the, if it has something that has a bracha krona or not, you have to say another bracha. Um, sorry, the most stringent opinion is Rav Sheshat, as you have to say a new bracha no matter what. And halacha ends up being like Rav Sheshat. When you move one place to another, you must say beracha achrona and a new beracha when you go to the next place. The compromise position is that of Rav Chista. And that's, we left on a cliffhanger with Rav Chista because he said, um, when we said, that you have to say a new beracha, that's only something that does not have a beracha achrona, like water or, or apple. Um, however, if it's wine, mizonot, something that has a beracha achrona, that's actually more lenient because from the fact that you got up without saying a beracha achrona shows that your intention is to continue uh, eating in the place that you go to. So if it's something like that, then you do not need to say a new beracha um, when you get there. Okay, we uh, challenge this from a beraita that seems to say the opposite because in this beraita it says only, you, you have, it says, um, that you do not say a new bracha because there was someone remaining there behind, right? A poor, per, a sick person, when then everyone else went out to greet the bride, uh, the bride and groom. Um, but that sounds like otherwise, if you moved, you would have to say a new bracha. And that was a challenge to Rav Chista. So we left Rav Chista on a cliffhanger. Um, but now we're going to save the day. So here's here where we are. Amar Rav Nachman Bar Man Tena Akirut. Um, who is the Tana that says this halacha regarding, and remember it has the word that they lifted, they uprooted their, their feet or their legs. Um, right? If you have a bunch of people that were sitting around and drinking, that suggests that they weren't just sitting and having a snack, but they were reclining and having a meal, something more substantial. And so this is the case where um, only because there was someone there that left behind when they left and came back. But if there was no one there, they would have to say a new bracha. And so this is a challenge to Rav Chista. However, now we have an answer because Rav Nachman says, who is the author that said that Braita? Actually, it was only the Biuda. It was not the majority opinion. So even though you're right, that Braita goes against Rav Chista, Rav Chista can follow the majority. And where do we see that? From the following Baraita that that um, shows there's a contrast between Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda, Detanya, Chaverim sheyu misubin. Once again, right? Their friends are sitting around and they're reclining. That means they're eating mizonot or wine, something that would have a baracha achrona. Vakru raglehen, 
Lelech lebet haKeneset or lebet haMidrash. When they got up from this official meal and they went to pray or study, Kishehen Yotzin and Tunin Berachal lemafreya, Shen Chozrin and Tunin Berachal lechetechila. But their intention is to go and then come back. Maybe they're just going to so go and uh, say mincha, and then they're going to come back in a few minutes. So they do not have to say a baracha acharona when they leave, and they do not need to say a baracha rishona when they come back. That's the first opinion. See, the previous baraita didn't say Amar So we thought that that was everyone's opinion. But now we learn, no. The first Tana says this about, about cases in general, where since this is something that has um, is official, we know this from the word akrura glehen that this is a meal that requires beracha achrona. Also, from the fact that it says you don't need a beracha achrona, that means it's something that otherwise you would have to eat beracha achrona. So this proves actually Rav Chista's opinion. It goes it goes along with Rav Chista's opinion that when it's something that requires a beracha achrona and you leave and come back or go to a new place, then that's okay. You do not need to say another one. The Buda is the more stringent opinion, like Rav Sheshat. And he says, this is only true when you left someone behind. That way, there's one, one person that's holding the fort. He's staying at the meal. He shows that we're going to come back. Right? If, you know, if one person temporarily leaves and comes back, Right, they still the meal still continues. So you need someone to stay there and have, be the con, be the continuator of the meal. Um, and so and uh, and that's in the, that's why they don't have to say another bracha. However, if they did not leave anybody behind, they all went to pray. Um, then when they leave, they have to say bracha achrona, and when they come back, they do have to say bracha rishona. So this opinion of the Buda was said in the anonymously in the previous baraita, but now we know that anonymous as actually the Biuda, and therefore is not a challenge to Rav Chista, because Rav Chista can follow the majority opinion up here. Okay. We're just uh, um, uh, threshing out the uh, the proof here. Uh, so you see that the reason is uh, for Tanakama that when it's something that requires a baracha achrona, right? That's, that's, that's what it's talking about here because it says they sat down at an official meal and they you know, uprooted themselves. In that case, when they leave, they do not need a baracha achrona. When they come back, they do not need a baracha lecha From the fact that they didn't say it, means that they're going to come back. But if it's something like, uh, like just an apple, and then it does not require Baracha Achrona. Remember, we're not talking about what in the Pashot here. And then, uh, the, 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 uh, um, and then, in that case, we do, um, in that case, since if they, if they leave and come back or they go to a new place, they do have to say a new Baracha because by leaving, they're showing that's it. They finished that meal and there's no other marker. And so you see that fits Rav Chista perfectly. Okay. okay, now that this is a proof and follows Rav Chista, we can use this against Rabbi Yochanan because Rabbi Yochanan said, no matter what, in all cases, no matter what the Baracha Achrona is, is, if you need one or not, in all cases, you don't say a new Baracha when you move from one place to another. And according to this, 
right? Uh, um, if it's a if it's an apple, then you do require new uh, beracha when you move and you start eating again. So isn't this a good disproof of Rabbi Yochanan? So now we have a question on that. Why do we need another dis- disproof? We already we already rejected him. We rejected him already on the previous staff. Why do you need another one? Okay, why not? Bring another one. Right, while he's down. Um, I think this shows that when the Talmud brings it to Yufta, it's not actually a conclusive, absolutely conclusive proof. Right? There might be always another way to explain it. Truth is, in the case of Rabbi Ochanan, he might actually distinguish between a place when you move from one room to another and when you go and somewhere and come, and come back to the same place, right? Because you might agree that when you come back to the same place, it could be more lenient than when you actually move to another place. Um, and that was the two that we had above was about moving to a new, another place. I don't know, anyway, um, so that's, so, so uh, okay, well, let's get, bring another one, another refutation of Yochanan. So he can actually answer this one. Rabbi Yochanan could say about this beraita up here that the truth is it applies to all things, not only something that has a beracha even if it doesn't have a beracha no matter what, he was going to follow what Tanakhama says here, that when you go and come back, you do not have to say a new beracha. And the fact that it says which suggests that it was a more official sitting and something that does have a baracha achrona, he says, yeah, that could just be, happen to be, but really it's only saying this to show how the strength of Rabbi Yehuda. The truth is it would be no matter what they were eating, even if it was just an apple, they can come back and not say a new baracha. But it, said, it talks about a case of some, something like mizonot or wine to show you that according to Rabbi Yehuda, when there is someone there, then you don't say another baracha. But when there's no one left behind, then no matter what, even if it's a mizonot, you still have to say a new beracha. And that's why it said the case of Akrurag Lehem. That's what we say in the next paragraph here. Right? Even something like a mizonot that does require a beracha achrona in its place. The only reason why you, you would, in the, uh, in the opening, it says that you don't have to say a new beracha is because someone stayed the whole time to hold the fort, to continue the meal. But if everyone left to the bed Knesset, then you do need a beracha. When they come back, they have to say a new beracha um, because, uh, they, because everybody left, even if it's something that requires a beracha. So actually, Rabbi Yochanan can explain that, uh, that source. Good. And now we have yet another baraita that supports Rav Chista. So here it's explicit that it's, some, that it's wine, which does require Baracha Achrona. And so if they were all there and then they left and they came back, and they do not need to say a baracha. So you see, um, that's explicit. It's a case of wine that requires baracha achrona, and that would be the reason that they do not need to say a baracha when they come back. But if it was water, then they would have to. Very good. Tanora banan. 
Okay, we completed the subject of moving from one place to another uh, during uh, uh, in the middle of a meal. And now we're returning to our original subject that brought us here in the first place, which is if you're sitting on Friday afternoon and having a meal, and then you go into Shabbat, right? Sunset starts in the middle of the meal. Now, what do you do, right? We saw these two opinions. The Biuda says you stop the meal, Seberkatamazon and Kiddush right then, and then start a new meal. Um, however, Rabbi Yosef says, continue eating, and at the end of the night, after you finish eating, then you'll say Berkatamazon and Kiddush, right? He says, you don't have to say Kiddush at the beginning of the meal or even in the middle of the meal, you continue. The point is, you have to say Kiddush at some point, and it's connected to the meal, but we usually think it has to be at the beginning of the meal. You can't eat until you say Kiddush. Well, that's true if you're starting the meal at night. But if you're starting the meal beforehand, then it's machloket. Okay, so getting back to that. In those days, whenever they said Berkatamazon with a zimun, they would say it with wine. We still do that today in, at the Pesach Seder, right? We have a wine, the third cup of wine is after Berkatamazon. We also see we do this at a Shiva Brachot, right? Um, but uh, so, so we have a, a remnant of it, but uh, most people don't do this all the time. Although you'll see some places, so some people do, they continue this custom. So it's a very nice thing to do, to, to, uh, to um, have a have Seber Katamazon over wine, and then you drink it at the end. So how, what order would you do things in? According to the Biuda, if some friends are sitting at a meal on Friday afternoon, and then sunset comes, becomes a, it turns into Shabbat. So you bring one, one cup of wine and you say, you say Kiddush on first. First say Kiddush. Then you bring a second cup of wine and say Berkat Amazon, right? So you say Kiddush first and then Berkat Amazon. That actually makes sense because you're going to be drinking the cup of wine for Berkat Amazon. But you can't drink that cup of wine unless you said Kiddush first. So even though it seems opposite, you'd expect to end the meal first and then start Kiddush for the next meal. No, we got to do Kiddush first. And then Berkat Amazon, after you finish Berkat Amazon, then you can go and start the, you know, bring out the food, new food or whatever, and then uh, and start a new meal. So that's how it would work. You can continue eating. You started before in the daytime. You don't have to stop. Just finish eating. Gamru, kos rishon Amazon. So the first cup of wine, you say and drink the cup of wine. Then you bring a second cup and you say Kiddush. So this makes sense according to the Biyoseh, because according to the Biyoseh, you're allowed to continue eating, even though you didn't say Kiddush. So you finish the, the meal first with and with that drink. And then the Kiddush, you have to look, you have to make sure to say Kiddush because you want to honor the day and show that show that the meal was for the day, but you're doing it afterwards. So once you're doing it afterwards, you do it at the end. Fine. So we understand the order, but now the Gemara just asks, why do you need two? Why not just say both on one cup of wine? Um, this could be a question on the Biyuda, but really the Biyuda wouldn't make so much sense because it's the other kind of the other way around. But um, it, uh, um, and but it, it makes even more sense. It's a stronger question, really, for the biose because you'll finish the meal. You could then they take the way you finish Berkat Amazon, you take the wine, 
and then you say you say by geffen, and then you continue and just say kiddush, right? Um, it's all it's all the same. So you're saying it all together while you have the cup of wine. You may as well go right into kiddush. Why do you bother getting another cup of wine, right? You're just saying hageffen basically twice in a row. Okay, so that's the question, right? For according to the Biuda, you bring one cup of wine and you say kiddush first. So you think you do first, then you have to say we got the mazon. See, it makes more sense for the Buddha to actually need have two cups of wine. Otherwise, you'd have to say kiddush without wine and then wait till that end to say to say kiddush at the afterwards. So this challenge is mostly to the biose. Why not? Why not have just one cup of wine? We have a rule: you don't use one cup of wine for two holy acts for two holy things. It's a beautiful principle. You should not make uh, do mitzvot in bundles. Because when you do something in bundles, that means like you really don't want to do it. You know, no one likes doing dishes. So you wait till the sink gets full. Then you do them all in one shot just to get it over with, right? You know, no one likes uh, responding to work emails. So you sit down for an hour and you knock them all out. But it's something that you love to do, then you wanna you wanna um, enjoy each and every one, and so you should not uh, bundle up mitzvot, but each mitzvah should have its own glass of uh, glass of wine, and that's a nicer thing to do. This comes up in the, every wedding ceremony today. We have two cups of wine, one for Kiddushin and one for Nisuin. So uh, some people like to have separate cups for each one because uh, there's two, two different mitzvot. Others say, no, use the same cup and just fill it up more because and then, then you show continuity You're using the same cup right, for Kiddushin and go right into Nisuin. All right, either way, you certainly have to fill it up with some, some new wine because you're saying another bracha on it. Um, okay, now we said velo. Wait a second, is this true? This principle, right? You answered the question fine, but let's bring some other cases where it looks like we do say use the same cup of wine for two different purposes. Okay, Saturday night, somebody, somebody comes home from Bet Knesset and he's going to say Havdalah. How does he do that? He says wine. You always say wine first because Tadir Vesheno Tadir, Tadir Kodem. Right? The wine, we, wine, having wine is the most common. So we always have wine first. And then you have the, the blessing over the, of, over the fire. That's first because, um, uh, because as soon as you see fire, you're supposed to say the bracha. We happen to wait until, say, say with Kiddush. But um, according to another opinion, anytime you see the first fire that you see after, after um, you would say it. So that's why the fire would be first and then Bessamim. We don't actually follow this order. This follows uh, Bet Shammai. Okay, in any case, um, you're saying Ma'od and Bessamim, and then you say the actual Barachav Havdalah, right? Amabdib and Kol and so on. So, so that's what you would do. Now, after that, most people would have a meal. You're going to have their nighttime meal, meal, and they have bread, and then they'll say, and if they're with a group of people, they'll have another cup of wine after the meal. But this Baraita says, if one has only one cup of wine left, right? You drank uh, too much of it on Friday night. And so now you only have one cup of wine left. So what are you going to do? Use it either for Havdalah or for Berkat Amazon after? So what you should do is say without the wine, right? Leave, leave the wine, don't drink it. 
And then after Berkat Mazon, then you, then you drink the wine and have in mind that it'll fulfill both Havdalah and Berkat Mazon. Meshel Shelan, right? You, you include them both. Oh, so look at this. This is a contradiction because you just told me the rule that you should not bundle up mitzvot and use the same cup of wine for two different purposes. In this case, it was Kiddush and Berkat Mazon. And here you said, I can use it for both uh, Havdalah and Berkat Mazon. So what's the deal? So the answer is, en lo shane. We're talking about a case where a person doesn't have, he doesn't have two cups of wine, so he's stuck. Okay, a person's stuck, so then we allow him to use it. But on purpose, you shouldn't do that. If you have two cups, then much better to use separate ones. So the principle still stands, just that, you know, we're going to override the principle if we have only one. We're not going to do one and not the other at all. So better to bundle than, than to skip one altogether. All right, so but question on that. So let's say you have uh, Yom Tov starting right after Shabbat, like we're going to have this year for Pesach. And in that case, a person has wine. How do you know he has wine? Because he's starting a Yom Tov. Everybody's going to prepare for Yom Tov. You know you're going to have a nice, beautiful meal for Yom Tov. So certainly you're going to make sure to have plenty of wine. And yet, according to Rav, when you have Motzei um, Shabbat is also the beginning of Yom Tov, so you need to say Havdalah and Kiddush. What order do you do that in? So Yud is Yain, Kiddush, so that's the Kiddush part, then Ner and Havdalah. And so that there you go, that's the Havdalah part. And you're saying all of these on one Yud, one cup of wine. So here we have Kiddush and Havdalah, both on one cup of wine. And so this is a second challenge to the principle that we should not bundle up mitzvot. We are bundling both Kiddush and Havdalah on one. Hold on. What'd you bring an example from? Yakna, look, notice there's no Zman. There's no Shehayanu. What's, when do we, what's the only Yom Tov that we don't say Shehayanu? It's the seventh day of the last day of Pesach. See, on, Suk- on uh, Sukkot, the last day, Shemini Atzeret, that's a new holiday. So we say, we do say uh, Shechianu. Um, but on the seventh day of Pesach, even though it's a Yom Tov, uh, so it could be after Shabbat, right? You have to Shabbat, you have Shabbat, and then the last day of Pesach right after a Sunday. So you're going to have to say, um, that's the only time when you would not say, when you would have this formula, Yakna. Uh, without a head, without a zayin, without uh, um, zeman. Why does it make a difference? Because by the last day of Pesach, it could be a person ran out of wine, ran out of provisions, right? It happens. You know, you prepare everything for Pesach. By the last day, you're on your like, you know, your last uh, box of uh, Passover cake mix, right? And you have to start conserving. So you drank all the wine. So you know, it could be you only have one cup of wine, even though you're starting a new Yom Tov, but it's the last day of Pesach. And that's why. That's why you say yakna, because that's uh, it's the last day, last day of Pesach. But otherwise, you say it different, separately. Wait, that's not actually true. Okay, so if here we have the design is Zeman for Sheikh Yanu. So you see, it is talking about, in fact, Yom Tov Rishon. Um, and yet, we have the Machlok, what the order is. Uh, Abaye says, Yayin Kiddush Zeman. So those are the three that you would say for the new holiday, right? Kiddush and Shechianu. And then you say Ned and Havdalah, that's for ending Shabbat. Ravah says, first you say Kiddush, 
then and you save Shekhyanu for the end. Fine. We actually, that's what we actually do, Yakne has. But either way, your point is you're saying Kiddush and Havdalah on one cup of wine. And this is the beginning of the holiday. Truth is, it could also be Shemini Yatzeret. But uh, Shemini Yatzeret, even though it's the end of the holiday, it's its own special day. So probably a person would also make sure to prepare for it. Okay, um, so here, um, that is a, now a, a new challenge to the rule that you do not bundle up mitzvot. Ela Havdalah v'kiddush. Okay, Havdalah and Kiddush are one matter. They both have to do with the sanctification of the day. We're ending, we're starting a new sanctification of the day. We're ending the sanctification of the day before. They're both on the same theme, same topic. So we're not really bundling mitzvot when we do that. We're noting the passage of of, uh, of, of time and one level of Kiddushah to another. So those belong together and there's no problem of bundling. Whereas Berkat Amazon and Kiddush are two separate matters. It's true, we do Kiddush together with the meal and Berkat Amazon is also together with the meal, but really they're separate matters. Berkat said the wine is to, for Berkat Amazon is to make Berkat Amazon special and show, look, we're all eating together and we're concluding our meal and being thankful for it. Kiddush is for appreciation of the holiness of the day. So those are two different mitzvot and therefore those require two separate cups of wine. Um, and so, right, through all these uh, different cases, I think we have a good appreciation for the role of having wine, just like, you know, whenever you make a toast, right, you have it with wine that gives importance to it. So too, that's what uh, wine does at all of our ceremonies. And therefore, each uh, mitzvah and each ceremony deserves its own cup of wine. Baruch Adonai Amen